you're listening to the Carboline Tech Service Podcast. I'm Jack Walker. So let's get right into it. If you want to get a hold of us, you can reach us at technicalservice at carboline.com. You can get Paul on Twitter at Paul underscore CTSP. And I'm at Jack underscore CTSP. We were lucky enough at NACE Corrosion 2019 to talk with Jarrett Brailsford from Bass Engineering. Now, Jarrett is an expert in cathodic protection. So we're just going to go right to that interview with Jarrett. All right. So our next guest with us here today, again, we're still at uh, Corrosion 2019 here at the NACE conference. And our next guest, we decided we were, as we were walking around the, the show floor here, ran into some people and said, you know what? You guys do CP. And we don't know enough about CP. So let's talk. There we go. So our next guest is Jarrett Brelsford, and he's with Bass Engineering. Hey, Jarrett, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for coming on. So tell us a little bit about Bass and what you guys do there. So Bass Engineering is a service company in the cathodic protection business. We've been in uh, this industry for about 52 years now. So we were founded in 1967 by Calvin and Lillian Bass. Uh, right there in Longview, Texas. And so uh, we've been doing this, uh, again, for, for quite a while now. We've got a handful of employees there, mostly just uh, cathodic protection, NACE certified technicians that uh, we spend a lot of time designing, installing, and maintaining uh, cathodic protection systems around the U.S. Cathodic protection. Let's take a, a, a minute here and, and kind of back up. And for those who don't know what that is, kind of explain what that is and how it works. Cathodic protection, we're talking about an electrochemical cell. So electrochemical cells made up of four parts. You've got an anode, a cathode, an electrolyte, and a metallic path. So what we it's basically a, a, a double-A battery. It's all the same thing. And so what we do is we come in and we design these systems to protect you know, pipelines or uh, tank bottoms, anything of that nature, so we can come in and install ground beds or install the anodes to protect the cathode, which happens to be whatever the structure is, if that's the pipeline or the tank bottom. That's what we're trying to do. That's a great summary. And if anybody remembers, you know, I'm sure we've got some students who have been through uh, some of the NACE courses and stuff. You hear it. This is this is the ACME that they always talked about. You know, the, the anode, the cathode, metallic pathway, and electrolyte. You got it. Tell us a little bit about what metals and use to create this cathodic protection. All right. So what you're going to hear in this industry a lot, especially from the CP guys, is uh, it depends. Uh, that's our common answer. Boy, that's so, our answer, too. There you go. Are you guys well, in tech service? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Actually, in paint, yes. we just always assume zinc, but, yeah. you know. Well, and uh, so zinc is a, it, we'll start there. Zinc is one that we'll use in certain situations, but for the most part, if we're designing a, a galvanic cathodic protection system, a, a galvanic cathodic protection system is one that's not going to require any uh, additional power source to help drive that current. So we're just talking about the uh, potential difference between two different metals. So if the pipeline is carbon steel, we can, we've got a chart of all these different metals. So we know which ones are more active than the others, and we can choose an anode based on that. And so for the most part, it's going to be magnesium anodes, uh, graphite anodes, and, and uh, materials of that nature. All right, Paul, it's absolutely that time again. And is there really anything more absolute than the time to pay the bills? So we got to talk about Placite 3070LB. Jack, this is absolutely the next generation in our baked phenolic line of coatings that we have here at Carboline. For all of you that remember the Placite 3066, Placite 3070, and the extreme level of absolute coverage that it has for chemical resistance, absolutely. we have taken that to the next step. 
what we've done is we've managed to lower that baking temperature. That's what the LB stands for. Low bake. Low bake. And what we've done is we've moved it from a 400 degree bake cycle down to 250 degrees. And in most cases, we're able to give you a lot of the same chemical resistance. Now, there's still a couple gray areas where we have to bump that back up. But man, this is absolutely a next step in the evolution of rail and marine lining option. For more information, go to www.carboline.com. And that is absolutely the Plasite 3070LB. Explain how the electrical current cathodic protection is a little bit different than the galvanic ah, impressed yes so in the press current yep. sorry so so again yep there we go so a galvanic cathodic protection system does not require an external power source whereas an impressed uh, cp system does so we'll bring in any kind of power source for the most part but if we've got commercial ac power available we can use a rectifier rectifiers come in all different shapes and sizes as well but how those are used is we're bringing that in we're bringing that uh, commercial ac in it's running through the rectifier. It's becoming, it's an AC uh, signal then. We rectify it to DC. We drive that DC current down to the anodes that are in the deep type uh, hole or conventional or, again, there's many different flavors, but or at least we're, we're rectifying the AC into DC. We're driving it off the anodes. It's going to collect on the cathode, which is our structure, come right back up through our metallic paths to the circuit and, uh, or to the power source, and then that's our circuit. I mean, whereas, that's a, whereas galvanic, there is no rec, there is no rectifier, so it's it's strictly just an anode, the pipe, two leads, and a shunt, so we can measure it. I can't ask them all. No. So the impressed description was a fantastic one that really helps to to simplify, you know, what what it is that they're actually looking for. Of we really are truly just forcing the electrons to go to the part that we want to save. Correct. And and again, in in our world. There's a pretty simple rule of thumb is if our current requirement is anything more than one amp, then it's we're going to go with an impressed current system. If it's anything less than one amp, we can probably accomplish that with a galvanic cathodic protection system. So let's talk about the effects an impressed current system can have on a coating with the steel that, that you have protected. I like where you're going here. So now we're going to talk about how much cathodic protection is too much cathodic protection, right? Yep. All right, so again, if we're getting into, let's just say we've got an impressed current system. So we've got a rectifier that's driving this. So what we're looking at as a CP technician, what I'm looking at is for uh, an instant off potential that is more electronegative than negative 1.2 volts. Uh, that's when I, that's kind of the, the indicator there of I've got too much cathodic protection on my pipe here. And so that's our magic number. If it becomes more than that then we're we're looking into coding despondment we're looking into a, a number of different things and on our end that's kind of the main thing that we understand because we test for cathodic despondment with our coatings that we know are going to end up in cp situations and uh for those who don't know that's a, that's a test where you, you basically create a little create a pinhole yeah and mm -hmm. then you uh run an electrical current right through it and see what happens with the coating with some coatings what will happen is you have massive disbondment from the surface and a massive failure so usually when you see the results of those tests they come in in uh, a millimeter measurement because that's the size of the blister that you create by doing this test and that's really what you want to avoid when you work with a cp situation yeah, with the CD test results, you want to be a smaller number is better. Yeah, you want a small blister. So when you guys are setting these up, is this something that you have to really take into account, the soil conditions, the environment that you're in? And 
do you have to go out and do field surveys before you start or is this yes, all done inside? Nope, you nailed it. So I'm sure you guys probably have a process that's pretty similar to this in that you know, if a client asks or just says, we've got a new pipeline system, we need cathodic protection on it, well, we break things down into a number of different steps. Of, you know, there is a right way to go about doing this. And so our first step is gather as much data as we can about the pipeline system itself. And then we'll end up out in the field with a boots on the ground approach. So we're out collecting soil samples, we're, we're, uh, we're out measuring uh, soil resistance and we're calculating soil resistivity. We're applying all of that back. We're, we're, um, we're also calculating surface area uh, of bare steel. So we use some industry assumptions there too because I know y'all are going to kill me here, but no coating is a perfect coating. So we oh, know. We say that we all say the time. That too. There you go. So we know that there's going to be some bare steel out there. And so as we're calculating surface area of the pipeline, we're, we're trying to determine how much of that pipe are we actually trying to protect. So we plug that in with a with a. Uh, with a, a current requirement uh, or a factor and then we come up with how much we actually need we bring in that soil resistivity data uh, we've got all kinds of other calculations that we use to figure out how many anodes we're going to need how deep do they need to be how far apart do they need to be again with a number of other industry standard practices so to speak we can plug all this in for a pretty uh, effective CP design. It's one of the things that we say regularly on the show is that every little thing matters. And I, and I say these things all the time, and I'm sure the people who listen to every episode are like, God, Jack, will you just stop? Will you stop saying that? But like, no, I think they do it, say it's, stop. It's a point that I want to drive home to people who listen to this show is that like when you're acquiring about something, when you want to learn about something, when you want to make sure that you're giving your customer the best possible situation, you're not being annoying by asking all of those questions. You are actually helping. You sometimes come off and, and I know a lot of times I'm always just saying guys I, I, I know it feels like an interrogation but that's not what this is we're just trying to gather as much facts as many facts as we can so we can give you the best possible product in the end that, that's that's the same approach we use in tech service it's gonna sound like I'm trying to write a book here and really um, I'm just trying to narrow down some variables absolutely so I guess one of the other things that we haven't really touched on yet is uh, do you guys have systems do you work on these to do you know sometimes you'll see the anodes on the inside of like a potable water tank or that kind is that something that you guys work with too and does that need different calculation uh yes sir we do um you can all you can put tanks or uh, anodes inside of tanks uh, there's an it's a it's a very similar process from the design standpoint we're calculating uh surface area in contact with the electrolyte we're doing the current requirement testing there and then again, we have a, a number of different materials that we can choose from as to what what anodes is going to be is best suit this tank. Uh, as all tanks come in all different shapes and sizes, and they're they full sure of do. all different stuff. So. Yep. It's um, making sure that we've got the right formula for that design. Once again, here on the Carbline Tech Service Podcast, we like to remind you guys that we aren't the experts on everything, but we like to bring people in who know more than we do about other things. So, Jarrett, thank you very much for coming on the show um, and talking about CP with us. I definitely learned something. I mean, I knew about the Acme, but the Impressed Current was very, like, way in the back. Acme's new to me. I haven't heard that acronym yet. Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm totally using that one from here on out. That's uh, every coding course they teach you acme because i think that's the way to keep it simple stupid for us painters so <laughs> i like it but uh thank you very much for coming on the show jared hey thank you for having me thank you and so for the carbaline tech service podcast i'm paul and i'm jack and we'd, we'd like, like to, to thank, thank you for, for your support, support.